Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. the better part of the last decade, science fiction finally evolved from a niche genre into a mainstream staple. And while many people are familiar with the so-called fathers and grandfathers genre, the women who have been instrumental in creating and shaping the nerdverse have largely gone unrecognized. Until today. I'm Cher Martinetti, and this is Sci-Fi Wire Fangirl's Forgotten Women of Genre, a podcast where we tell the stories of the women who helped some of the most famous fantasy worlds become a reality. group of interstellar misfits are thrust together, discovering that only they can save billions of lives from a blue-skinned, genocidal maniac. This is the moment a now-billion-dollar franchise takes the very first risky steps on expanding its universe into the cosmos. They call themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy. What a bunch of a-holes. Riding on the highs of the Avengers and the successful completion of their Phase 1 release calendar, Marvel Studios look to be on the verge of yet another major risk with this most unusual film to date. Full of unfamiliar characters from a comic book that could only claim a small cult following, the surprise success of Guardians of the Galaxy would make James Gunn a household name. But it never would have existed if it weren't for the woman who shares his writing credit. Born in the early 1980s in Boulder, Colorado, Nicole Perlman always dreamed of the stars. Growing up in a very nerdy family, her father would often host science fiction book club meetings that included in their ranks actual, literal rocket scientists, leading Perlman to idolize physicists like Richard Feynman and dreamers like Ray Bradbury, who Perlman actually met when she was just 12 years old. But a childhood jaw surgery prevented her from attending space camp, so Perlman instead wrote her way to the stars. In 2006, Perlman made her way onto a writers-to-watch list in Variety for her script, Challenger. The greenlit but never produced script told the story of Feynman's whistleblower investigation into the tragic shuttle explosion. This led Perlman to work on other scientific biopics, such as unproduced films about both Neil Armstrong and the Wright brothers. While she was happy to be making her living as a scriptwriter, she couldn't help but feel a bit pigeonholed. She told Time Magazine in a 2014 interview, Science fiction movies are the kinds of movies I enjoy watching, much as I really enjoy history and science. But I was noticing that I was having trouble convincing people when I was pitching on projects that I'd be capable of doing this. There was a little bit of an attitude of, well, you're a woman. You're not writing romantic comedies. We'll give you the Marie Curie biopic. The more she attempted to break into science fiction, the more pushback she felt. Her gender was frequently used as a deterrent towards giving her a job. Just so we're all on the same page here, science fiction exists because it was invented by Mary Shelley when she wrote Frankenstein at the age of 18 in 1818. And here we are centuries later with women actually being told they can't work in science fiction when it was a woman that invented the genre to begin with. But I digress. 
they kept saying, this is a guy's movie. You know, it's really a guy's movie. I didn't want to say, are you saying a woman can't write a guy's movie? Perlman recalled. What is a guy's movie anyway? If you're making a movie that is just for one gender, what's the point? Thank you, Nicole Perlman. Exactly. What is the point? (sighs) Perlman desperately needed someone willing to take a risk. And it wasn't until 2009, 2009, that she found them. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people. See if they could become something more. Well, they were in the process of building their phase one projects with only the successful Iron Man and the less well-received The Incredible Hulk under their belts. Marvel Studios launched a screenwriting program to seek out new talent and original ideas to build their now industry-changing cinematic universe. The unorthodox, atypical take on studio screenwriting proved to be exactly what Perlman needed. After submitting and being accepted into the program, Perlman saw it as her shot to show them what she could actually do. As part of the program, Perlman and other writers were each given a list of potential projects. What she chose would, at last, take Nicole Perlman into space. I, uh, I was in the Marvel Writers Program, so they allowed us to choose a project. Uh, each person who was in the, pro- in the program got to choose a property, one of the lesser-known properties from uh, Marvel's library. And I chose Guardians because I love science fiction, I love space. Uh, all of my projects, for the most part, beforehand had been science fiction projects or space-related or, you know, in this realm. So uh, having the opportunity to get the Marvel pedigree was a really big deal for me. And also so I loved the idea of, of playing with these characters, you know. So that was, uh, it, was, it was an amazing opportunity. Setting aside standard superhero fare or scripts that would have been better suited to romantic comedy writers, Perlman went right for Guardians of the Galaxy. There was no question for me what I was going to do, Perlman said. I also knew Marvel wanted to go into that cosmic universe eventually. So it made sense to position myself that way. For the next two years... Perlman immersed herself into the Guardians of the Galaxy back catalog, coming home at night with stacks and stacks of old comics, pouring through the various eras and lineups. It was Perlman who decided on the core cast from the 2008 version of the comic, Star-Lord, Rocket Raccoon, Gamora, Groot, and Drax. Marvel gave her free reign to rework the story, and she made two major decisions that would have a huge impact on the future of the MCU. Oh, my new friends. Before creation itself, there were six singularities. Then the universe exploded into existence, and the remnants of these systems were forged into concentrated ingots. Infinity Stone. Major decision number one. Perlman wanted to use one of the six Infinity Stones as her MacGuffin in the film. The hunt for the Infinity Stones ultimately became the driving factor that brought all the MCU threads together in Avengers Infinity War. But that was still in its infancy when Perlman introduced one into her script. The other major choice she made was the villain in Guardians. Having introduced the Infinity Stones as a plot element, she went with the most natural extension of a villain to tie into them, Thanos himself. Throughout her time in the Marvel writing program, Thanos remained the core antagonist of the film only slipping more into the background once she had left the project. Still, between the stones and the man who wields them, Perlman's fingerprints are all over two of the most major elements of Infinity War and Endgame. Look, the lensing around these edges, 
is characteristic of an Einstein-Rosenberg. A what? I thought you were a science major. Political science. She was the only applicant. I was in the Kenneth Branagh fan club when I was in high school. I had a t-shirt, she told BuzzFeed. I didn't tell him this when I was working with him, but everybody knew. So I'd be sitting at this conference table and he'd be giving me notes. And like behind him, people would be grinning and making funny faces. And I'd be blushing. And Kenneth Branagh would be like, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing, nothing, keep going. Perlman's work on Thor was mostly focused on Jane Foster, played in the film by Natalie Portman. Her love of science and work history made her the perfect fit to help flesh out the character with a more lived-in voice and personality. When the program ended, Perlman was hired by Marvel for a six-month freelance writing gig where she was once again working on Guardians of the Galaxy, completing another draft of the project. She knew two things at that point. That Guardians was about to be the first script from the writing program to actually move up to the production slate and that her time on the project was about to come to an end. My name is Peter Quill. There's one other name you might know me by. Star-Lord. Who? Star-Lord, man. Legendary outlaw. Guys? In 2012, Marvel hired James Gunn to direct Guardians of the Galaxy, as well as give Perlman's vision of the script a rewrite. Overall, Perlman found the handoff process of the writing to be a blessing. Gunn was able to bring in the comedic sensibility that even she felt it needed, but it wasn't her forte. Despite the support she felt during her time in the writing program, Perlman's name was nearly absent from the press tour during the promotion of the finished Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Some attention was paid to the fact that she was the first woman credited as a writer on any Marvel Studios project, but overall, there seemed to be a desire to push Gunn as the complete author of the film. Gunn himself referred to her years of work and research in the project simply as, quote-unquote, getting the ball rolling. While Perlman, to her credit, paid a visit to the set and stated that she really liked the direction that Gunn had taken the film in. Despite all her work on the original film, Perlman wasn't involved in the sequel, which was entirely credited to Gunn. Your life began the day it nearly ended. While her work on Guardians of the Galaxy may have gone largely unnoticed by most Marvel fans who still carry a torch for James Gunn, Nicole Perlman's resume certainly doesn't share the same lack of memory. Following the success of Guardians, Perlman has continued to work steadily. In 2018, she wrote and directed her own 20-minute short film, The Slows, based on a post-apocalyptic story by Gail Harriven. Perlman also did uncredited script work on the Neil Armstrong biopic, First Man, hearkening back to her early career days writing scientific biopics. She's also co-writing the screenplay for the upcoming Labyrinth sequel and was a co-writer on Detective Pikachu. Perlman even returned to working with Marvel, writing the treatment for the Black Widow movie still in pre-production and co-writing the screenplay for Captain Marvel, once again allowing her to explore the cosmos and helping legions of little girls out there imagine that someday... Maybe they will, too. About to show these boys how we do it. You ready? Higher, further, faster, baby. Yes, baby. Forgotten Women is Genre is a production of Sci-Fi Wire Fangirls. Today's episode was written by Riley Silverman and narrated and produced by Cher Martinetti. You can find the scripts of this episode and so much more at scififangirls.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at scififangirls. How powerful is Cox Internet? 
Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.